the baby came quite quickly, um, pretty quickly after that announcement, actually. It was a night flight, so most of the passengers were sleeping. This incredibly brave mum, not a word came out. She just gave birth silently. So I was under this very false impression that giving yeah. birth was really easy. You're listening to Carrie from the blog Flying With A Baby, former cabin crew and mum of two whose experience flying with kids quite literally starts from day one. Kidventures, where will your next trip take you? Hi, this is Kathy from Mummy Travels. And Ting from My Travel Monkey. And you're listening to Kidventures, the family travel podcast. Today, we're talking to Carrie from the blog Flying With A Baby. Former cabin crew, her eldest daughter was only 11 weeks old when she took her first flight. With two girls now, she's travelled long haul to Australia, among other flights, and knows more about plane models than anyone else we've met. So from bassinets to the best way to survive flights with a baby, we're finding out all the insider secrets of flying with kids. So, Carrie, tell us how you started flying with a baby. I started flying with a baby. Well, the whole blog started with our first trip to Cape Town when she was at my eldest was 11 weeks old. And um, little, little. She was so giddy then. And I was so apprehensive even though I knew, obviously my background is cabin crew, so I knew all the things, all the the basics of the bassinet and what I could bring on board, the liquids. But it was just completely strange. It was just like this fear took over me, yeah. and I was, and um, it was actually fine. It was, I think, eleven weeks is a dream time to fly. She slept. It was a night flight there and she slept the whole way. I just plugged her up with milk every four hours. <laughs> and, and the way back was a day flight and she was wide awake, but it was absolutely fine. But I'm still nervous. And so I thought if I just write down what I did, it might help somebody. So I just wrote down a few tips, put them out into the World Wide Web, and then people were actually reading it. And I thought, oh, okay. So... something yeah maybe I'm being quite useful here and then I got lots I got asked lots more questions and as we fly fairly frequently because my husband's Australian so that means some obviously some ultra long haul trips and to see friends and family so I thought more and more questions came up and I came across more and more different scenarios so I just kept writing base everything that I could think about that was worrying me or concerning me another parent would be concerned about and yeah that's how it all started I think that's it because everyone's so ready to tell you all the horror stories about what a nightmare it is with kids but it's sort of similar that my first flight with my daughter she was about 12 weeks I think not as it wasn't as long as yours it was four hours to the Canary Islands and again I was so apprehensive about it and it was pretty much a dream she just sort of dozed off and yeah had some milk and slept and the white noise just knocked her out and by the time we got to what I think is a bit more challenging time when they're a toddler, we, oh, had, yeah. we had quite a lot of practice. So it's almost like you're put off before you start and then you do it and you go, it's actually not as diabolical as I thought it might be. I know. Yeah, yeah I always say whenever people are apprehensive about it, I'm like, just do it. Honestly, this stage is the best stage. When they start crawling and toddling, I think that is definitely the trickiest time. Yeah. And then you have to put a lot more thought behind your flight. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, just do it. 
yeah, they're not there. Move. You can actually watch a movie when they're that little and even have a glass of bubbly. It's, um, you know, it's doable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually more people than not are quite sweet. Well, I found in my experience on a play, you know, you, you always have that fear where there's going to be people who, who give you those dirty looks and say, oh, no, I'm sat next to someone with a baby or a young child. But actually in my experience, mostly my experiences they have been really giving or oh they're so cute can I have a cuddle or if you need to go to the toilet I can look after them I think most people are actually quite genuinely nice about it absolutely I mean when I I traveled again when she was about nine months old to Cape Town but I traveled by myself that time so that was our breakfast brought a whole new set of challenges but I'd learned along the way what to do and I thought baby carrier check that's much easier than trying to so, struggle with a stroller mm. and passengers were so nice as I we had to connect in Johannesburg and then get on to the next flight to Cape Town passengers were like can I hold your bag for you can I help you with yeah. this the crew were great on the flight I said I need to because what you think oh I need to pop to the loo what do I do you know can I leave my baby yeah. Um, I said, oh, can you just keep an eye on her? She's asleep, but I just need to pop to the loo. And they're like, absolutely no problem. So it was, again, a lot easier than I expected. Absolutely. Yeah. And the same again, I do a lot of travel with my daughter solo. Yeah, I've never had cabin crew. I'm always more than happy to watch her or hold her um, when she was little. Like you say, people are kind of deep down nice. They don't look at someone struggling with a baby or a small child and sort of go paha you know that'll teach you yeah they go can I help can I put that bag up for you can I hold it you know hold the baby hold your bag hold the whatever yeah people are nice mostly exactly yeah, I mean the majority of people that you come across on the flight are parents whether they're business travelers or they're another family and if they're younger going off in a jolly they're going to be parents so you know it's a good learning curve for them <laughs> be nice yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pay back. <laughs> a nice glimpse of their future yeah harry tell us a bit about your flying background yeah well i started flying when i was 21 i finished university and moved straight over to dubai and went to work for a big airline out of there yeah, I worked my way through. Reader, uh, readers, <laughs> listeners, rather. <laughs> <laughs> There's only a couple of airlines. Yeah. There we are, I'll let you guess. But yeah, I, so my intention was only to be there for the three-year contract, but um, I absolutely loved it because my dad used to work for BA and my granddad used to work for BA. So it was always in the blood and I just still <laughs> loved takeoff and landings. I still do. I'm a bit sad, I'm a bit geeky when I when I get on a flight, as some of you that have flown with me may know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I did that for a while. I worked my way up to the purser, which was in charge, so um, in charge of the cabin and the crew. So I got to help uh, many many passengers help deliver a baby one day that was now, an interesting flight story you helped with your baby story. yeah it was oh it was amazing we were flying from dubai to gatwick and our lady's husband was sitting i still remember where they were sitting on the right hand side of the aircraft <laughs> and uh, he said to me oh my wife's a bit uncomfortable she's got backache and I just thought oh yeah okay i'll get you an extra cushion and then um, he said, uh, oh, she's pregnant. And I went, oh, how, how far along? And he went seven months. And I thought, 
Uh, so <laughs> obviously that, that I wasn't in charge then. Um, I think I was working in first class then as a first class crew member. Um, so I let the rest of the crew know and um, went to, luckily there was a gynecologist on board. So, but, lucky. Yeah, very handy. Of all with, people on board, you found a gynecologist. I know, she was amazing. Um, but we're all trained, our cabin crew are trained. We've got a, a special kit uh, with, with all the birthing stuff there. So we took her into the galley and we were a bit concerned, obviously premature baby, but then so the pilots were ready to divert at a moment's notice, basically. Luckily, we were over European airspace, so we were overland. It was easy to get somewhere. The baby came quite quickly, um, pretty quickly after that announcement, actually. It was a night flight, so most of the passengers were sleeping. This incredibly brave mum, not a word, came out. She just gave birth silently. So I was under this very false impression that giving birth was really easy. Yeah. (laughs) You just pop it out. It just popped out. It just popped out. But no, um, she delivered. um, The dad was very proud. They were from uh, Yemen and she had the abaya on. So that, of course, covered her pregnancy. So nobody could see that she actually was pregnant because obviously there's lots of checks to see and you should have a doctor's note um, for yeah. various stages of your pregnancy. And yeah, luckily it was a healthy baby. She was actually full term, so they got the dates wrong. Yeah, we just made an announcement to economy and first class and, and just apologised that we wouldn't be able to do the full breakfast service, <laughs> but we would be offering drinks and hot drinks and, and a croissant because we've got a new passenger on board and the whole plane just burst into applause it was it was incredible still get emotional today it was everybody was crying did you all cry because I think that would be yeah a very emotional experience absolutely yeah it was once in a lifetime and I think that's why the gynecologist was so good she just said look I will supervise but you're trained as well and she said if there's you know if there's complications then then I'll do it so I didn't, you know, there was two other crew members that did yeah. most of it, but, you know, we popped in with the, with hot water, fresh hot water and hot towels and all of that sort of stuff. So, I mean, there are some things that you cannot plan in advance, like having to deliver a baby in the galley <laughs> of a plane. Some things, however, you probably can plan a little bit more. And that's usually been my fail safe for traveling with my daughter is, knowing a bit in advance of what we can do, what we can arrange, having a backup plan just in case. What would you pick out as the things to do before you get on board? It depends on the age of your baby. So for me, when I had a small baby and I was thinking long haul, mm. my priority was sleep. All I was thinking about, how am I going to get the baby to sleep? So I researched bassinets to the cows came home. So <laughs> think that I went, and decided to write a post about over 50 airlines bassinets. (laughs) So I wanted to know which airline had a bassinet that could fit my baby. So if you've got a young baby, that would be a number one priority because some airlines will stipulate it has to be six months is the age and a specific weight, whereas other airlines will say babies up to two years, but they still must meet the certain height or weight requirements and some airlines are really stickler for rules and say if your baby can sit up then they can't use a bassinet yeah and they must face this way carry that didn't even have a bassinet so i was a bit fraught about that it ended up fine you know the baby was on my lap 
um yeah I'm exactly up. and then you can't guarantee a bassinet um true. Their request yeah. only and it's only virgin atlantic and Qantas are the only two airlines as of today that allow you to leave your child in if it's turbulent otherwise as soon as that seatbelt sign comes on yeah. you've got to take the baby out so when we went to australia for eight hours it was so bumpy because i know over singapore it always gets bumpy so I just didn't, for eight hours, I held my youngest because I thought I can't be bothered with the whole putting in the bassinet, taking out, putting in. And she was 11 months old then. So she was pretty big and it was absolutely fine. I got some sleep. She was comfortable. Um, I bottle fed my eldest, but I breastfed my, my youngest. So it was just easy to just pop her on the boob and go to sleep. Yeah. So it's, I, so it, the bassinet's not the be all and end of everything but it's something that I would definitely look at and, and plan if that's something that's super important to you yeah um, and then otherwise I always look at the airline's website I like to know what extra baggage and things pretty much all the airlines will allow you to take usually both a stroller pushchair or a um, car seat, car seat. Yeah. but some airlines will only allow you to take one but saying that, they will say you're allowed 10 kilos of luggage on top of that. So you could say, right, I'm going to put my baby's luggage, clothes and things in my suitcase. And then as their 10 kilos, I'm going to take that as well. So therefore, you can bypass it. So if you research the airlines, you can look at what rules they have and work, make it work to fit your particular circumstances. I think that's key, isn't it? It's just... Yeah. Every child's different. Your ages are going to be different. You might have different age children. Yeah. Um, you, you might have a two year old and a baby. So it's just researching as much yeah. as you can beforehand. I think one of the things that makes me feel relaxed before a flight or made me feel relaxed, particularly when she was younger. And also, I think when I was relaxed, she could tell that and that would relax her is having plans for, for example, if there's a delay. Because you can't control that. Planes get delayed. These things happen. But having enough food, for example, um, having extra snacks tucked away. I always found that her routine was, you know, such as it was. You just abandoned totally when you're in the air. Because she yeah. didn't to eat when I wanted her to or sleep when I wanted her to. Yeah. Or she'd just sort of do her own thing. So that way I wasn't fretting at 35,000 feet that there was literally nothing else that she would eat in another five hours on the plane or something like that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. I'd say let all rules out of the window when you're traveling and just don't, because, you know, as you say, the, the cabin crew are not going to do a meal service to suit your baby's plans. Yeah. They're going to do the meal service that fits in with, you know, the flight plans yeah. and to maximize people's rest. So definitely always take those extra snacks. And if you're, you've got a, a baby that you're weaning and you've requested a baby meal, this is probably one of the biggest things people didn't realize they were like well why have you brought me pureed food and I'm like well that's what a baby meal is yeah. for an airline and yeah. so many people say but my baby eats solid food now and well they want can they have a normal tray and I'm like well, we they don't unfortunately because each seat is allocated a tray and that that specific number of trays are boarded yeah, yeah, onto bet. the aircraft there's yeah. not there's only extra if by chance a passenger is a no-show hasn't turned up something like that there's not generally just a spare food just spare trays just yeah. lying around but saying that 
crew, if you ever get in that circumstance and think, oh, God, I didn't realize that I completely messed up and I just presumed that there was going to be food on board. Always ask the crew because there's there. I'm sure that, you know, they'll be bound to rustle up something, whether it's a piece of fruit or whether it's a, a cracker or a piece of bread. If you can be prepared, definitely always bring enough food for you, for your baby and what they specifically like. If they're over two and they're in their own seat, then they're going to get, they, they'll get a proper tray or yeah. you can request a child meal yeah. on some airlines. Do you know, I didn't know that for many years that you could request a child's meal. And it was a revelation when I realised because it's so much better for them, yeah. i.e., you know, what they would enjoy, baked yeah. beans and you know, pasta and chicken nuggets exactly. yeah I kind of do belt and braces because you never quite know what you'll get or what mood my daughter will be in so I request a child meal and then we take a sandwich and I'm like look you have options just please eat one of them <laughs> just choose one exactly yeah. and then what I do as well or I have done is because obviously when you go through airport security you've got to ditch liquids like yeah. you know, unless they're for your baby but um, I always take Ziploc bags with me when I still do now, even though they're four and seven. And then once you get airside through security, um, you can go to whatever restaurant there is and ask for some ice cubes. So therefore you can keep whatever food that you had from home and keep that nicely chilled. And then once you're on board, once the ice melts, you just go back to the crew and say, can I have some more ice cubes? And that way you can have some nice food from home and keep it perfectly chilled and yeah. use it on the flight. Well, that is cunning. That is a tip to know. Why has that never occurred to me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ziploc bags, they're my, they're my favourite my things. I know things like, as well, sorting out things that you can do and get at the airport, arranging uh, stuff to pick up um, airside, for example, if you're flying from a, certainly from UK airports, I know I've always done getting extra wipes and nappies and who knows what from boots. Um, before actually getting on the plane exactly you can pre-order it as well so it's usually about five days but i would allow at least seven just in case so uh, most uk airports provide this service if they've got a boots in them which is airside and airside means after security so you just basically order just baby things it can be anything as long as it's not a sharp item you can order your suntan lotion your makeup your nappies, your baby milk, and then you just whiz through security. They don't make you taste it anymore in the UK, but they might do an extra swab and things. So they, you know, they might break the sterile environment. And then you can just whiz through and go and collect it airside, which means, you know, obviously you don't have to wait for long, wait as long while you're passing through security. Yeah, I think that's a really, really vital bit of information for people actually, because I don't think a lot of people know that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've done it. It's very useful. Yeah. My own other personal secret weapon at airports is the airport soft play. And airports these days seem to be getting better and better facilities for kids, but they don't really seem to shout about it. No, the they number don't. of places where soft play is down three corridors, a hit line of stairs. Yeah. And if you don't know it's there, you would never stumble across it. But particularly sort of when they're moving, but they're still relatively little. Um, in fact, still now for that matter, and she's seven, actually having that space to run around and burn off some energy before getting on a plane made such a massive difference to the flight. Absolutely. Every airport should have one. I was really disappointed yesterday when I just flew back from Chicago. 
And I flew there via there with an American, I think it was American Airlines. So we were in one of the other terminals and it had an amazing soft play. Well, not even just a soft play. It had a mock-up air traffic control tower. Oh, and nice. all, it, cool. it was incredible. So as I was passing through, um, we were going through Terminal 5 at Chicago and it's that's purely for their international departures. So I was really excited thinking, excellent, if they had that in that area, this one is going to be amazing because, you know, international for me, you sort of get those, pre- you think, oh, it's going to be yeah. long. Well, yeah, bigger and better and more long haul. And there was nothing. I walked the up and down the entire airport looking for a soft play just in case it wasn't marked yeah. on the information. And I thought, you are missing a trick here. Okay. Why have you not got one? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was a bit of, you know, so you get a bit of a letdown. So when you do go to airports that have got it or terminals that have got it, don't assume that the other terminals have it as well. Very true. So on the plane itself, have you got any essentials, any products that you just will not fly without or the products which transform a flight from, you know, we can do this to actually this is quite fun? I always have my bag, as mentioned. I've had baby wipes mm-hmm. and I, or whatever their age, Ziploc bags, whatever their age, because <laughs> that's useful for spare changes of clothes. If you just yeah. pack something that's really lightweight, my husband found that out the hard way, because even though I told him to pack a spare top for him, when my daughter threw up all over him and projectile vomited all on the way over to Australia, oh. I said, where's your bag? And I'll go and get your spare top. And he looked at me very sheepishly and I went, haven't read my blog then, have you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, he had to borrow um, a nice uh, pyjamas from first class. I think they they kindly offered him. Yeah, he was a bit stinky. Yeah, but she had her change of clothes and I had mine. So I was feeling quite smug or I'll be a bit tired, but smug. Put them all in. So. Exactly. And you could just put them all in there. It's just useful. Just if you need to grab something in a hurry, like you need to get something, your medicine, you know, it's in that you need to spare, spare change yeah. of clothes. You want to grab just one nappy and some wipes and nip to the chain, the yeah. loo, then it's just so easy. So that is comfort wise. Um, we really like, we were offered a travel snug to review. And so basically it's this cushion, soft cushion thing with a back. It's got little straps so you can attach it to the seat belt, and it also comes with a blanket. And it is bulky to carry, and it is a bit of a pain in the butt when you're tired and you're juggling two small kids to roll up and then put back. But saying that, I think the pros outweigh the cons in, in our circumstances. Yeah. Um, my friend called my little one calls it her cozy, and she gets into it, and she even wants it on short haul flights. Harry, she I just, must admit, I'm, this is genuinely true. Both of mine have got theirs on the sofa, as at the moment they found them upstairs and have brought oh. them downstairs. And are now sitting in both travel snugs watching the TV with their blankets over them. Oh, that's so cute. I know. I think they're so snuggly and they make them feel really cosy that they even want them at home. Well, they do. And we found it really useful when we, not only for the flight, we took it to Crete. So obviously a really comparatively short flight, three, four hours, but. When we hired a car, a car seat, it was really hard. You know, you just do not know what sort of car seat you're going to get on holiday. 
and it was really hard and plasticky. And so we just popped that inside it and she was absolutely happy. That was it. That just sorted that out because it's so squishy. It fitted in and she felt comfy. And so it was a win-win. So it's got a dual purpose as well, I think. Oh, I might try that in the car. <laughs> ah, there you go. Getting over. <laughs> uh, what else would I take? I'm trying to think. To entertain. Entertain. Oh, gosh, yes. I've got a list as long as my arms. <laughs> I generally avoid things that are noisy. Yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, planes are like you. <laughs> yes, you want to try and get on the right foot. But depending on the age, I mean, my when she was about one, they, she loved the buckle toy. Um, basically, you can get all these different shapes or animals. We had a whale, still got the whale, actually. And it's got zips on it. And it's got loads of different buckles with different clasps because kids like to fiddle with things. It occupied her for about 30 minutes at a time, putting all of the buckles in. Of course, it meant that every 30 minutes I had to undo them again, but <laughs> it was much better than putting baby Jake on, which only lasts five minutes and then having to put a new one on. <laughs> so I was thought, I'll take that as a win, that 30 minutes. Another thing for me is we really liked the water pens. Obviously, make sure that they haven't got the water in before you get on the flight. Or if you do, you put that in your liquids bag. But they're no mess, free colouring. Pen's not going to go all over the seat or the clothes. So that yeah, was that idea. Yeah, we that was easy. Pens. I could guarantee if she wanted to draw on the walls of the plane, well, it's exactly. it's only water. Yeah. It's not indelible ink. So exactly, exactly. So that was fine. If you've got a window seat, you can get window cling gels, which just sit, you know, and you can make little um, scenes there. They've got unicorns, rainbows, cars, all sorts. Um, you can get little magnetic stickers type things, so that's yeah, good I so you don't lose that. them. Little yeah. mosaics as well, I, I find he yeah. that will actually occupy him for a little while. Yeah, stickers. We didn't stickers. go anywhere. Stickers for years. And if you haven't got stickers or you forget, post-it notes or plasters, yeah. band-aids do exactly the same job. Stick them everywhere. Just you know, take them off afterwards. The, <laughs> the cleaning crew will really appreciate it. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, do if you're I, mean, though. I remember one flight, my daughter, I'd taken a magazine and as soon as I read a page, she shredded the magazine into tiny, tiny pieces and mm. picked up all the little pieces. And that kept her surprisingly entertained yeah. for quite a long time. Exactly. And if, if you're being budget conscious as well, there are so many cheap or free items that you can use. I bring triangular crayons, which are really cheap, but they don't roll off the tray table. Oh, and yeah. then you can make puppets out of the sick bags, which are in your seat pocket. Yeah. If you've got an airline that's got the plastic cup, the little paper cups in the luge, you can make little animals and creatures out of them or get some, you know, strawberry laces, the sweeties and some Cheerios and make a, that's a fine motor skill and you're something edible. You've definitely got girls, both of you. <laughs> um, I yeah. like to hold my hands up and say, my boys just they don't even do these things at home i try i mean obviously my oldest would just rather be playing football the whole time but that can't happen on a plane so um, then i, I do say, the ipad a lot um, you can of course, ipad is amazing i mean yeah. there is probably not one flight that we've not used it so definitely use a tablet or an ipad 
But if you've got boys, or even my youngest, it's, she loves Blaze and Paw Patrol. What we've done is just take some paper with you and a small sellotape so that you can fix it to your tray table and it doesn't all slide off. A Sharpie marker pen. And then you draw your own little road and whatever and settings. And then a, a toy car. Boom. Instant, um, an instant road. You could even buy tape that's shaped like a road or a rain or a train track so they've got a little play mat ready to go yeah we had some of that like the washi tape yes yeah i would just stick it down i did it when we got there as well like when we stayed in a villa on the floor because it was um tiles just made it and she yeah she sat why didn't i talk to you carrie two weeks ago when i was on a flight (laughs) oh no did you not watch my stories when i had it on there (laughs) of course i did of course i did but obviously i missed these particular Um, but uh now i'm not flying for a while with the kids next time time i gave the my leftover tape i gave it to a a friend of mine because she's going on a flight she's on a flight today so so there you go, have this, because she's got three boys. And she's like, oh, my God, this is perfect. So it like, is. use it. I never it. knew if you could get road tape, road tape. Road tape. I know, road tape. It is genius. Off Amazon, you can get it. You can also, I mean, for younger kids, you can just get, you know, the little um, pom-pom balls, because like, they like posting yeah. things. Yeah. Get a plastic bottle and then... That let you know and let them pop them in and if you put the bottom cut the bottom off and just put a stock just so it's not a sharp edge then you can easily empty them out so they can do it all again or a wallet or a purse get an old wallet or purse that you or your partner don't use anymore put old coins in it or old store cards that you've never used that doesn't matter if they get lost and they just love taking them all out and putting them all in they i mean mine sat there for a good hour doing that yeah. Yeah. These are amazing tips, Carrie. And yeah. I think our listeners will be really grateful, eternally grateful to you, to you actually for these. But, um, I just want to ask you if you had just one more thing to say to anybody who is really, really frightened about taking kids, uh, well, babies and young kids on a plane. What's your final bit of advice for them? I'll obviously read my blog. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no. I would say don't be scared. Look out, just be prepared as much as you possibly can. So whether that's reading what your flight offers, asking for advice from fellow mums, but just do it. Don't let it put you off what you were doing before. Yes, your baby or your toddler might not remember the holiday, but they're going to learn from the experience of going. They're going to be exposed to different cultures. They're going to be exposed to different foods. And every year, my my eldest is seven, every year the school says her general knowledge and her knowledge about what's happening around the world is incredible. And I put a lot of that down to the fact that she's been exposed to that. So do it, um, embrace it. And don't just try, you know, do the relaxing holiday, but also try and go out there and see what the country that you're visiting has to offer as well. Um, Because otherwise, you might as well stay in the UK in a sunny day. Anywhere, beach, any beach in the world. But I would just like to add that I always try and remember that you probably never see these people again. And Mm. you are going to get off eventually, no matter how long your flight is. All flights must end. Exactly. They do. You know, 
babies and toddlers will kick off, even if it's only for two minutes. It feels like an hour to the parent, but you'll never see these people again. They so. do. And it if, does, and mine has. Mine have, and yeah, exactly. I've just whisked mine. Like when she did on the flight, she usually it's a night flight when they just cut, they get unsettled and then they wake up, they don't know where they are, yeah. they scream for a bit. I've just picked her up, walked her right down to the back where the toilets are as far away as I can, patted her a bit till she's got back to sleep, and she has. But on my absolute worst flight, it was to Australia, she had nappy rash, she was teething. Every time she weed in a nappy, she screamed. And so my husband and I, for 24 hours, took turns in holding her. We're sitting in the jump seat, the crew seat for some of the time. And it was incredibly long. But it was, as you say, it was, we got over it. We got there. The return flight was a completely different story. So it happens even if you are prepared. But if you've just got something, if, you know, something's put in place, don't worry about it. It's short term. Go and enjoy that holiday. Absolutely. You deserve it, Mama. (laughs) Yes. Thanks so much, Carrie. You're welcome. You're welcome. See you again soon for the next kid venture.